Evolution is Satan's lie. There are two programs that work in this world today. God's program and Satan's program. Evolutionists say we're just a blob of protoplasm waiting to become manure. That's how uh, uh, Stephen J. Gould once put it. I mean, doesn't that make you feel a little better? Spray a little aftershave on your manure, okay? And smell good as you rot and decay and go to the garbage heap. I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, In fact, Gould went on to say, the purpose of evolutionary life is this. We are here because one odd group of fishes began to migrate. Hmm. Do you see why we have serial rapists and serial killers and serial, uh, you know, genocide going on across our planet? Because, I mean, what difference? If my blob wants to get rid of your blob, we're both going to the trash pile anyway. Why not let my blob ruin your blob? You know, it just demeans life down to animals. The key to the necessity of evolution for the world is captured by the statement of a published atheist in the American Atheist magazine. He said, if we can remove Adam and Eve, we wipe out Christianity. That was what one writer wrote. Do you know why? Because the Bible is predicated on the first Adam. He sinned, brought sin into the world, and death by sin, and death passed upon all. And Romans 8 goes on to say that that sin now causes the whole universe to groan, awaiting the redemption of the Redeemer. So the whole Bible is built on a creator who created Adam, who fell into sin, who unleashed sin into this world, and now all of creation groans under the load of that curse of sin. And the last Adam, Jesus Christ, has come to destroy the power of sin and to liberate the universe, as we'll see tonight. By the way, the liberation is going to be unbelievable the tribulation, which we're going to look at tonight. The second coming is Jesus coming to stop man destroying man. It says in Matthew 24, if he didn't come, no one would be left alive on this planet. It would be absolute extinction of humanity. There's a cataclysmic ending. Evolutionists like to say, uh, in fact, Second Peter, let me read you what Second Peter says. Peter, his last words were about the end of the world. And Second Peter, in fact, this is what I was, uh, this week I was asked to speak on Moody Radio Network, and they said, tell us about the coming financial crisis. And I said, well, let me tell you about the real ending, okay? And I took him to Second Peter 3. The poor host was nervous when I got done. Um, because it says in Second Peter 3, look at verse 4, or I'll just read it to you, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. This is the statement of the premise of uniformitarianism, that everything has just operated and we can just, we can just look at today and say that it's just been at the same rate and we just look into the past and we, we figure it takes X number of eons for something to occur. But uniformitarianism, that argument says that natural phenomena have operated uniformly since the beginning. But notice what it says in verse 4. That's a false teaching. Peter, 2 Peter 3, 4 says that's false. Why do scientists love uniformitarianism? Because there will not be a great cataclysmic judgment event at the end of history because that's not how the universe works. See, they don't want a judge meeting them at the end of the line. And so they say there's never been a judgment, so there isn't going to be a judgment, so we don't have to worry about this judge. There never has been, so, so we won't expect it in the future, is, is the thought of these skeptics. 
Instead, they say everything in the universe is stable and closed and fixed and governed by never-varying patterns and principles of evolution. Nothing catastrophic has ever happened in the past, so nothing catastrophic will happen in the future. There will be no divine invasion. But yet the creator in Genesis also wrote the ending, Revelation. He said, I'm invading in Revelation 19 as King of kings and Lord of lords, and I am going to stop life. And I'm going to bring my kingdom to this earth. And they don't want that king to come. And so they believe in this uniformitarianism and evolution. Okay, I'm going to end in Acts 17. Okay, and if you want to see how Paul presented the gospel to evolutionists, I'll show you how. Remember, evolution is not new. Uh, Satan, from the beginning, was trying to put doubt into the minds of God's creatures about his purposes in creation. It's just gotten more refined since then or more maligned or whatever you want to say. And the Greeks had a form of evolutionary thought. They thought that they arose from some spontaneous matter uh, origination. And so evolution is not new. Don't blame it on Darwin. He just codified it in a, in a modern way. Uh, one form of it. But look what Paul says in Acts 17. He went to the evolutionary thinkers of his day in Athens and he presented to these skeptics three points. And I want you to think about this, where you stand uh, with the truth of the gospel. Number one, starting in verse 22, he said that there is a knowable creator. And he, he tells him in verse uh, 23, I saw your altar to the unknown God, the end of verse 23, the one whom you worship without knowing, I proclaim to you. And who is he? Verse 24, he's the God who made the world and everything in it. So there is a knowable creator. The first premise of the gospel is there is a creator that's knowable. He didn't just say God, he said creator. See, he, he was stretching them right from the beginning. He said, he said, this God that you're worshiping is the one who made everything. You need to get to know him. Secondly, in verse 27, that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him. He is not far from each of us. He said the knowable creator is, is a creator and savior who can be sought. He is a seekable savior. He's the one you can feel after, you can know, you can find uh, it's interesting in verse 26, he, he stops all racial prejudice. Look what he says in 26. He has made from one blood every nation of men. Did you know there aren't three races? There's only one. The three race is a, is a very, very prejudiced system that, that I am of this race and you're of this race and my race is better than your race and da 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 da. God says there's one race, the human race, made from one blood, all humans. But the creator that did that, verse 27, is seekable, and, and we can seek him, and, and he wants us to seek him. Verse 30, he commands all men everywhere to repent. He says, you, I'm knowable, you can seek me. I have one requirement, that you turn from your own way, that you repent, that you come to me. Remember the gospel? Look unto me, all the ends of the earth, and be saved, Isaiah 45:22. Isaiah, as, as he said in 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray, we've turned everyone to what? Our own way. The worst sin is our own way. What's the first thing kids want from birth? Their own way. God says we were born sinners wanting our own way. And we have to turn from seeking our own way to our Creator. 
who is the Savior that can be sought. But if we don't, look, look what happens in verse 31. Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man who he had ordained and given assurance when he raised him, verse 32, from the dead. He's going to judge all the world by Jesus Christ. And Jesus said in John 5, Marvel not, the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave will hear my voice and shall come forth, those that have done good to the resurrection of life and those that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. Jesus is the judge. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Creator. And the Creator Himself walked this planet and said that I have come to give you life. But if you don't acknowledge me as creator, if you will not seek me as savior, you're going to face me as judge. That's the gospel. Do you believe God, the only eyewitness, he wrote down the only eyewitness firsthand account of creation. Do you believe what he said? It's tied into your eternal destiny. 